Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is your host, Sophia Renea Morales. And today we are going to talk about moving from the earth to the stars in six easy steps. <laughs> You're like, what are we doing here? We talk about spiritual journey. Uh, my guest here has had a spiritual journey, although that's maybe not the first set of uh, words she would use to describe it. Um, Pam Hoffman is best known for producing the National Space Society's 14th International Space Development Conference in Cleveland, Ohio, and there were over 600 people in attendance. She spent over five years at Boeing in Huntington Beach, California, and has served as a technical analyst on the Delta II part of the Delta family of rockets. She is also ground a mirror for the F-8 telescope and volunteered at NASA Lewis, now Glenn, for three years in the early 90s. She loves giving presentations on space and astronomy topics, and she wrote an itty-bitty book, I Show You How to Navigate Space, showcasing 15 simple ways to personally and directly participate in space exploration right now. And you, will, you may have noticed, and if you haven't, I'm gonna point it out, I have not said anything about she's got PhDs in you know aerospace engineering or anything like that because Nope. She doesn't. She's a regular person who got very interested in space exploration and found a way to make that happen, despite the usual barriers to entry of like advanced aerospace degrees. <laughs> so welcome, Pam. I'm excited to have you with us. Thank you, Sophia Renee. I'm really excited to be here. This is so cool. <laughs> so, you know, we talk about the spiritual journey and follow the spiritual journey here. And um, the thing that struck me about your story is this lack of the advanced degree and still having the ability mm. to really engage with what called to your soul. And I think many of us tell ourselves no <laughs> when we should be inviting uh, an exploration of how it can be yes. So tell me a little bit about where you started before you got into the space world. Okay, well, I do actually have a degree. It's, it's like a, a trade degree. It's a two, two, year, two years electronics engineering technology. I was trained to design computers. However, that's not really what I'm doing. And it's, <laughs> it's been, yeah, it's been quite a journey. I think, I think I really had a lot of help from books, and I'm kind of a bookworm. I am an, the ultimate bookworm. <laughs> I mean, I can lose myself in books for like weeks on end. So, was there a book that was particularly uh, informative in your journey? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I don't know if your listeners have heard of it. It is uh, called WISH, W-I-S-H, Craft, C-R-A-F-T, Wishcraft, How to Get What You Really Want. And it's super friendly. You feel like you're sitting down with the authors. Um, her name is uh, Barbara Scher with Annie Gottlieb. The whole process, if you were to sit down and do it, takes about two days. Mm -hmm. And you end up with plans on your wall. And for me, that was... Well, I think not just plans on your wall, but like concrete steps, right? Yes, right. Yes. And, and she calls it a flow chart. And it's basically, like I said, plans on your wall, but it has all the steps between you and your goal and how to get there. And, and for me, a few things are more transformative than really getting what you want. And she talks about that. It's not just you know, a luxury of what you want. It, it's essential to your being, to who you are and what you, what you can, sh how you can show up in this world. Yeah, exactly. So tell me where you were at before this book showed up in your life. Uh, it was kind of early 20s, a mess. I was a single mom at 21 and really didn't have any of the things that most people <laughs> start with, you know, the house, the car, the good job, the, the education, just none of it it was it was a struggle there were a lot of years there and I felt very 
very constrained. So this was um, this was a great a great way to be you know be who I am as well as you know doing what I needed to do for my daughter. I absolutely you know was there for her. She was my priority, <laughs> and I think it's important too to show children about you know being your best self who you are what what you're meant to be doing that kind Absolutely. of thing demonstrate well, yeah exactly I'm always it's always interesting to me the thought process around kids because you have some people some parents who are like well I've got all these kids I couldn't possibly you know go for what I want or focus on on my goal and then there are other parents who are like my children is why I went out and focused on this goal. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So, how did Wishcraft show up in your life? It was a gift from a friend. Um, yeah, back in 1989, and it took me a little while to really delve into it. I am the kind of person that will do like hundreds of hours of research in 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 this case to try and find out who I am what I like my highest strongest most favorite skills and and how to use them and it kind of it, it kind of brought me to this revelation though I'm sitting on a bus in Cleveland <laughs> just kind of like oh hey um space exploration <laughs> that sounds good <laughs> well it's it's really exciting there are Ooh. you know few things that are probably more worth my time doing than something that is, you know, basically it has a lot of the things that are important to people that it's a challenge. It's, you know, they talk about it's not just the getting there, it's the journey. Well, if you're traveling, you know, if you're aiming for the stars, you're going to be on that path for a really long time. <laughs> it's a long journey. You better be enjoying it. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that, and that is, Part of my my goal in life is to go out there to to actually visit. In my case, I've chosen the Pleiades star cluster. It's about 300, 400 light years away. <laughs> Talk about <laughs> a spiritual journey. A jump, yes. <laughs> well, it, it may be at some point. I mean, the things yeah. that the things that keep changing. I mean, I think about my grandmother, and she came from a rural background with many siblings, something like twelve of them. They had horse and carriage, and she lived long enough in, in one single lifetime to see us land on the moon and the space shuttle launching all the time. And I mean, that's an incredible you know, change between those times in her life and in just one lifetime. Who knows what we're gonna what we're gonna find who, out? Who knows what the next lifetime will bring? Right? Exactly. With her with her granddaughter. Yeah. So this thought about space exploration was this before or after the book showed up in your life? Well, I've probably always been pretty interested in it. Of course, you know, I was born in the space age. I, that's the way I see it. I was born in 1962, and we'd already had you know, Sputnik launching. And of course, I'm watching Star Trek on TV as a child, like riveted by this show. And of course, we landed on the moon. And, and that was a really big factor in when I think back on it, of course, you know, it's discovering this doing the work to discover what it is, you know, you're meant to be who you're meant to be what you're meant to do. And then you, you sit there and go, Oh, well, you know, this whole love of, of, this one really important show to me, Star Trek, and this really important occurrence in our lives. I mean, it, it was it was a big deal for the whole planet to to go to another celestial body <laughs> and actually and, land on it. <laughs> and yeah, boots on yeah. the ground kind of thing. It, it's it's really amazing. It's really amazing. And so, I love it. <laughs> so you've had this thought about, I'd love to explore space. You've had this amazing book, Wishcraft, show up in your life. Um, did you at that point also have your engineer, your electronic 
training or that was something that you acquired as part of the process? No, yeah, as part of, so by the time I started the work in the book, it was about 1991, I did have my two-year degree. I hadn't been able to do a lot with it, you know, single mom, and I didn't have a whole lot of support. It was a, a challenge to really find a decent job that you could get to, like, on the bus. <laughs> yeah, I, well, exactly, and I know we're kind of in the same generation, and it what it's a male-dominated career. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, and so there's that added challenge that goes with it. So how did you, how did your plan unfold to get involved in space exploration? Then now that you've got the book, <laughs> yeah. Well, my very first, and I'll just use her term in the book. Barbara Sharer calls it um, a flowchart. And I had my flowchart on my wall, and my my very modest goal was to put aerospace into my life every day, all day. Okay. And I knew some pieces uh, b- before that. I knew, like, I lived in northern Ohio at the time. I knew that they accepted volunteers at the, uh, and like I said, it was, like you said before, it's Na- it was NASA Lewis at the time. They accepted volunteers in their visitor center. And this was on campus at the time. And people would come in and browse. And I could volunteer as a uh, you know, to be there, to work there. And, you know, the thing about, think about having plans on your wall. You actually understand now where all these opportunities kind of flow into reaching your goal. And that's a real big benefit of, of having plans. You can sit there and go, well, that's a cool opportunity, but does it get me to where I'm going? And if the answer is no, well, I just can't do that right now. Yeah. If the answer is yes, it's like, all right, so fill out the application, which I did. I filled out the application to be a volunteer at NASA Lewis Visitor Center. And then I started contacting them every, like every Monday. I call mm-hmm. up and say, hi, how you doing? I applied to be a volunteer there and I would really like to do that. I'm still interested. I'm, you know, what's the process? How does it work? And, you know, any of the questions that... <laughs> Yeah. Where are we at in the process? Can you let me know what else needs to happen? Yeah. Sure, sure. And of course, it's 30 years ago. So, <laughs> Well, and I, I love that you followed up with them every, every Monday, right? Because yeah. there's this, what do I want to say, this myth, if you will, out there with law of attraction. It's like, yes, if you just become the vibration of what it is, it'll show up in your life, which, yes, there's a component of that. But it also requires you to take aligned action. And this is what would fall in my world under aligned action. Mm. Not only did you fill out the application, Mm -hmm. but then you followed up with the people and let them know I am interested. This was not just a wild hair kind of thing that I did. I'm (laughs) serious about this. (laughs) Sure, sure. And, and, And it was really in alignment for me, too, because that's one of my attributes. I am persistent. Uh, you know, if, if something is, is challenging, I'm sitting there going, well, something's got to give, but it's not going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> I like that attitude. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the, the drip of water against the rock. The rock may be stronger, but. <laughs> but eventually it's going to give way. Absolutely. I love that. Absolutely. That. So, did NASA give way and allow you to work in their visitor center? Yeah, it was about a month of, like I said, just very politely and, and kindly and, and persistently checking in. Not too much of a pest. You know, if you're calling every 15 minutes, they're going to say, that, that's no thanks. probably, yeah, beyond the pale. But once every Monday is good. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, about a month later, they did, in fact, um, you know, ask me to come and and work there. And my whole idea was to eventually meet people and network into getting a job there. Uh, I spent about three years at the center. Uh, I wasn't there all the time, but you know, I was periodically something like um, three days a week for a few hours, um, you know, cause I had my daughter and I had to take the bus, but yeah. I did meet a lot of wonderful, wonderful people did not ultimately get a job there. <laughs> 
Um, well, I mean, that's that's part of the path, right? A lot yeah. of the times when we're following our soul crumbs, it's not this straight line that we'd like to imagine it's going to be. <laughs> it takes some twists and turns. We are already coming up on our first break. And so what I would like you to invite what I would like to invite you to do, there we go. <laughs> if you're out there listening to our conversation today, if you've had one of these little thoughts that pops into your head that it's like, oh, that'd be really cool. And then your ego starts going, oh, well, you're not qualified to do that. You couldn't possibly. Blah, 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 blah. What I would like to invite you to do is to just capture what that thought is. Yep. And it's important. Yeah, and allow some possibility for yourself that if your soul has, has spoken to you about this, and that's what that really quiet little way out there thought is, there is a way for you to get there. And it's important that you get there because this is part of your soul path. And this is how soul paths un, unwind and unravel. Yep. So take note of that, capture what that is, and Maybe allow yourself a $15 investment in that wild thought and get yourself a copy of Wishcraft and just explore, see where it goes. And uh, hang with us. We'll be right back from the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to TellZofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A dot com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's tellzofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I am here with Pam Hoffman. And when we left on the break, she had uh, spent some time on how she could bring aerospace into her life on a daily basis. And so you were at, for a while, NASA. Yep. Doing tours and volunteering and this sort of thing. What was the next iteration? What was the next step of bringing even more aerospace into your life? Well, I got involved with some local groups, and I'll explain a little bit. Um, one is called the L5 Society, which has now merged with uh, another group that they call themselves the National Space Society now. So, part of the groups, you know, getting involved with astronomy groups. Uh, I ground a mirror for a telescope. That's That was a six-inch diameter piece of glass that started off as a, a chunk of Pyrex and then yeah. you slowly mold it into a surface that will how, how did that opportunity show up for you because it's not like they they just pull people off the street and go 
Hey, you, <laughs> I want you to grind a mirror. <laughs> well, I was working at a craft store and I met someone who had this patch on her, her jacket. And I, you know, having just kind of kind of gone through this revelatory experience of space exploration is my thing, I asked her about the patch because it was the Cuyahoga, the Cuyahoga Astronomical Association, you know, their their logo basically. Yeah. And so we became good friends. I attended the astronomy group with her. She she had done a mirror and wanted to do a second one, but did not want to make the drive all by herself. Uh-huh. And so it was, it was a really great deal, like something like 50 bucks. And we took a class from a tremendous soul uh, named Norm Oberly. And he just had all, everything all lined up and all these people were grinding mirrors. And it just, it was a wonderful experience to go there. I think it was a, basically every week we would go and work, work on the mirror and he was going to retire at the end of this. So I had to get my mirror done. And so you go through a process of grinding and then finer and finer grits and then to polishing and you do testing like the Hubble. <laughs> I could have tested the Hubble. <laughs> yeah. You, you want to make sure that it, it's um, not got any whoopals in it. <laughs> Right. Hubble yeah. had some wobbles in it, as I recall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. And and they found it out way too late. Right. Well, and I kind of understand how contract things work now, um, having worked at Boeing. And like you said, so the process was getting involved with different groups and doing this mirror and also got an opportunity. Actually, someone from NASA wrote a letter to our club, the L5 Society at the time, and asked, did we want to bring the International Space Development Conference to Cleveland? Which I immediately said yes, because of course- I was going to say, hell yes. <laughs> sure, sure. You know, when you've got a map on your wall that says put aerospace into your, your life every day, all day, you know, when you get that kind of an invitation that it absolutely fits right in. And so we did. And we, we'd been doing local conferences. Um, they were called the Midwest Space Development Conference. Mm-hmm. And we'd done those for about 10 years by the time we got the the big one, which was this, uh, um, the National Space Society's conference. This National Space Society now. So they, they changed. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little bit of confusion on the name there because it did merge with... Um, actually, the uh, Werner von Braun started. I think it was oh, the... Wow. The okay. National Space Institute, something. And so yeah, the two like groups. The, the father of rocket science, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, so, and they still do conferences. They still have a conference every year. Yeah. So how did you come to be at Boeing? I know a lot of people, when they think of aerospace, they're like, NASA, NASA's it. But the truth of the matter is there are a lot of companies who partner with NASA, who are contracted with NASA. Absolutely. In fact, that's one of their, you know, the idea with NASA is to, to, you know, eventually bring technology into the greater population with companies. And and, there's technology transfer centers all over the country for just that purpose. It is the, this kind of incubator for stuff that companies cannot necessarily do the, the time and the resources it takes, you know, they get money from the government to do that kind of thing and then it gets distributed to to the companies so what was the question again let me how, how'd you end up at Boeing oh well, <laughs> well strangely I actually left the the northern Ohio area to follow to follow a fella and <sighs> we came out to first uh, Prescott uh, in Arizona and then we came to Southern California. He had a job there. And when it was time for him to go back to school at Embry-Riddle, I said, well, I'm staying because there were job opportunities here that, that I wasn't finding in um, Arizona. So then I actually, actually was a network thing because I had a, a, someone at church who worked at Boeing and he knew my situation with my daughter and he was very helpful and, and had me um, brought me into to Boeing. I actually started in, in the different job, like kind of waiting for my job and uh, spent five years there, five years at Boeing. Yeah, It was, it was a wonderful experience. I, I love hearing your journey because there are, 
I see little lessons coming out of this, right? Because a lot of times we get this big vision in our mind and it's like, that's the only thing that could possibly suit. Um, <laughs> but that's not how you played this. You're like, okay, this doesn't get me 100% of aerospace in my life, but it gets me, you know, three hours, you know, a couple days a week. Or, yeah. you know, I've got a, a meetup group of people with like-minded interests who we can sit and discuss things with. It's not employment, but it's still bringing that topic into your life. Yep. And just inviting the next thing and inviting the next thing to step into Boeing. Yeah, it's not the perfect job, but it gets me closer to the perfect job. It gets me behind the door where I see the job postings before they go out to the wider world. And yeah, I love that. Well, and it's interesting too how you have this sort of idea and then all of a sudden things shrink up for you and you get like, like the Boeing job would not have happened without this connection at my church. So it was, it's kind of like a, it it very much is in alignment with, you know, all of the the things they say, but you don't really know it's kind of happening at the time. They, you're just working along and and following your path. And then all of a sudden you've got this job. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's in hindsight, you can look back and go, okay, I see the synchronicity that brought me here. Yeah. Uh, I was reading a book recently and it's a, it's about people like me. Um, the, this particular author calls us scanners, but the truth of the matter is I'm kind of a renaissance man. I've done a lot of stuff in my life. A lot of people would look at my resume and go, this woman has no focus. <laughs> She's a dilettante. Um, and the one of the characteristics of these renaissance people, these scanners, is an interest in everything. We're, we are interested in everything. I need to know about aerospace. I need to know about biophysics. I need to know about medicine. I need to know about a spirituality. I need to know these other 16 mod- healing modalities. Um, I, I need to learn how to make my own jewelry and polish rocks and dye fabric and do quilts. And we've got this huge array of interests when you're this Renaissance person. But I'm also able to find patterns in like huge arrays of diverse information. Mm -hmm. And the complication with being the way I am is it's very hard for me to eliminate things. There's nothing that I'm not interested in. So it's it's all still on the table. Mm -hmm. But when you're a, a diver, someone who's willing to go really deep into a subject, that's actually very helpful because mm. it takes a lot of other possibilities off the table. It eliminates a lot of confusion and that sort of thing because you know that what you want in your life is more aerospace on a seven by 24 basis. Mm. Well, then that's the thing about space exploration. We're, we need everything out there. I'm, I'm okay with <laughs> it. Sort of, it sort of suits both. You know, you've... Yeah. Well, the world needs both types, right? Yes. Because it's the people like me who step into something like aerospace and there's this problem they haven't been able to figure out who Mm -hmm. will then go, oh, well, that's exactly what they solved over here in this other industry. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. I saw something like that at FedEx or something. (laughs) I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah, and that, yeah. that's actually something FedEx did, like like the way the banks move checks. Mm-hmm. That's what they studied, and that's how they move packages. Ah, see? That's why and, I use that. <laughs> and it, it's people like me who do that, because I will be in banking and package yep. delivery. Oh, yeah, I saw that. don't seem to go together on their face, but there you are. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yo, I love that. I love that. All right. Let's see. So you made it to Boeing. What was the next job that shows up for you at Boeing? After you got your foot in the door job, what was the next one? Well, at Boeing, they had a phase where they were eliminating like all the secretaries. And then eventually they got to the technical analyst, which is where I was. And at that point, you know, I I spent pretty, the, the better part of the next year really trying to find another you know, basic, decent job like that. And it wasn't forthcoming. So like a year later, I'm sitting there going, 
well, okay. Um, and I had done a few things, you know, driving and different things. But I, so there was like, okay, well, let's try this business thing. And basically, I've been on that path ever since. And the beauty of that is you can, in fact, you know, employ everything, all of your skills. You don't feel underemployed ever. It's Oh, yeah. When you're self-employed, you've got all the hats. <laughs> all the hats. Yes. <laughs> you want to take a few off. <laughs> it's like, can I offload a few hats? Maybe I should hire a bookkeeper or something. <laughs> Exactly. But I, but I think it's good for uh, like someone like you and, and certainly, you know, it's been helpful to me to, to really learn things in sort of a different way. It's a little bit like learning a thing and then trying to teach a thing. You're on the other side of it and you, and you see it in, in a different way and you actually learn it more thoroughly. Exactly. So it's, it's been an incredible journey to do that for <laughs> since 2003, basically. So question for you. What is kind of a common myth around space exploration that you'd like to see exploded? So I think a, a lot of people are really excited by space. And, and we, when, when I was at NASA Lewis as a volunteer, we would see 600 letters to our center alone a month. And these were letters from all over the world. So people are very excited about space exploration. I have a feeling that they think it's for rich guys, for the government, and something you can watch on TV, but not for them. Personally. Yeah, not for the citizen scientists, right? Right, right. And there are actually hundreds of ways to participate. And I'm talking like sitting at home alone in a computer, penniless, and all the way up to investing in a trip to the space station, which, which you can do. Also making money at it. And of course, Elon Musk is a perfect example. He has SpaceX and he's worth billions. There's something for everyone along the spectrum. And I mean, if you know, you're into anything, because like I was saying before, we need everything out there. We're going to need cocktail waitresses and we're going to need police officers and we're going to be lawyers. God help us. We're going to need. <laughs> well, and that's the interesting thing that I think a lot of people miss. Uh, when they say, well, I could never be involved in like SpaceX because I'm an accountant. Well, they have an accounting department at SpaceX. <laughs> sure they do. And you know what? I bet I can show you how you could do it even if you weren't going to SpaceX. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's and a lot of like, how do you do yoga in microgravity? <laughs> Yes, and somebody's going to have to figure that out. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, we, it's, it's an important, I mean, it's like, why would you do yoga in space? Of course you would do yoga in space because it's really important to keep your body in condition. And when you're in this zero gravity environment, it becomes even more important because oh, you don't yeah. have that, that routine training of your muscles that gravity does for you on this unconscious basis here on ground level exactly and the way they're solving it right now is kind of a problem they'll strap you in and you kind of run on a treadmill like you do on earth but you, you've got resistance like over your shoulders yeah, you've got the elastic holding you to the treadmill sure and then once that once you're doing all that it creates this what they call g-jitter throughout the whole rest of the well, in the, in the case of space station or, you know, or whatever ship. ship you're on, whatever yes. you're on, <laughs> the rest of the crew knows you're exercising. <laughs> <laughs> well, G jitter is a problem for the experiments they're running. Oh, so sure. Wouldn't it be cool to have, say, this suit that exercises you continually without even just like we do here? We, we kind of don't even know we're we're fighting against gravity on on earth on a regular basis exactly right or we are already up against our second commercial break can you believe it <laughs> uh if you're out there listening to us right now and you've got one of these dreams in your mind uh, i would challenge you to take your, your <laughs> piece of paper and your pen and brainstorm a number of ways that you might maybe be able to get involved with that right now from where you're at. And who knows, maybe some second or third steps. Go ahead and just 
just dump it all out there. And it, it can sound as wild as crazy as you want it to. Yep. Uh, don't judge any of these ideas. Just dump them all out on your paper and we'll be right back from the break. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827 and let me know, how has the show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you and go out and live soul first. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I am here with the out-of-this-world Pam Hoffman. <laughs> and before the break, we were talking about um, kind of finding your way along uh, in your goal, right? We talked about some of the myths about space exploration because this is your passion. This is your deep yep. dive thing. Um, and so let's let's follow that. What advice would you give someone who wants to bring more space exploration into their life but doesn't think that they can or doesn't know where to start in the process? Well, I think it can be very simple, even going outside and looking at the sky. And one of the really cool things that's out there, and you can see it from almost anywhere in the world, is the space station. You can actually find the space station in the sky and follow its trajectory. It's knowing when and where, and there are some really great tools for that. And I think also of, of what is it you're into? And sometimes we don't know that because we go to work and we do our thing, even if we hate it, to make the money to spend on things we need. And but then we get home and we're tired and we don't give sure. it any more thought. Yeah. I think you want to look at things like the weekend and your vacation days. And, and when, when you have a day off, what what is it you kind of like wake up and go, I can't wait to get out and do this work on the wood you know whatever it is crafting or traveling or woodworking or, or hiking or yeah rock climbing or watching stars or, or sure. whatever your thing is right yeah and and you know how how could you work that into what you're doing too because i think if you love it it, it really it, it, it's saying something to you and yeah there's a reason you love it absolutely it, it's part absolutely. of your soul's oxygen to be involved in that. Yeah. And I really like to think about the idea that, you know, anything that we're made of, I mean, the iron in our blood comes from 
the stars, you know, things, all, all we had to, at the very beginning was hydrogen and helium, and all of that coalesced into stars, which then crunched down into other things, and when they exploded, it became even more heavier elements, you know, none of that would have been, none of, none of what we are, who we are, would even be without stars, so I feel like we all have a certain connection to that, and so really whatever whatever it is you're into or whatever it is you you like um and you you, you say you want to get more involved with with space exploration and astronomy and, and science that kind of thing try and incorporate a little bit of that into what you're doing and you know if you just want to sit at home because you're tired astronomy picture of the day is a great website it's every day beautiful incredible and i think something there's something about a beautiful image too that that really kind of lifts your spirit that brings you out of a funk or really think you know wow and having that energetic response that whoa wow i think can really change your you know the way you feel the way you think and yeah your spiritual state if you will we tend to neglect our spiritual state i i shouldn't even put we in that i should say i (laughs) yeah i do too you know i'm i'm a healer i'm involved with a lot of spiritual stuff but it's like the cobbler's child (laughs) has no shoes (laughs) (laughs) it's easy to get distracted in the working aspects of what you're doing and neglect the caring for yourself aspect of what it is that right and and i think it's been especially tough in the past um 14 months or so because of of what's been happening and you know but like for me i would i'm kind of living it so i would host a star party once a month so i'm absolutely out under the stars here in southern california we have an opportunity to get out there on a regular basis it's it's really nice to have you know that kind of alignment so you know try and try and figure out what it is for you what what is it that's that makes you and and like they say you know get get a job doing that (laughs) get a job what how do they say it uh, that that can help you keep shit keep in shape keep fit and uh, doing something you love and i think something about friends too (laughs) Well, if you can bring all three of those together, you yeah. have a life that is very fulfilling. Sure. And that that feels comfortable. Yeah. I, I think a lot of us uh, go out and force our little round peg selves into square holes <laughs> <laughs> just to uh, pay the bills and, and to pay the mortgage. And there's a lot of value to hustling and making sure your ends meet at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. But that can't be the only concern or you start to get bitter and angry and dried out. Burnt out, just burnt yeah. out. Exactly. exactly. Right. right. And I think, you, I think you actually perform better. Like when I was at Boeing, I loved it. And, and in fact, one of my managers was like, well, how do you, yeah, I was happy. I was, it was great. I was all over the place. I did tons of stuff for the engineers I supported. And he asked me, how do you, how do you, you know, what is that? Well, I'm doing what I love. <laughs> and he actually moved on and got a job he loved better. So it was, you know, it was not just for me that I I showed up. I showed up for him too. He went and did something else. Yeah. You didn't realize you were going to, but you did, right? And I, Happy I think accident. <laughs> well, yeah. And I, I think that's really how people learn better than anyone ever sitting down and telling them anything is seeing someone else doing it. And I think that's part of the reason that I said, yes, I want to have Pam on my show. Uh, Thank you. Because I walk in both worlds. I'm I'm a trained scientist. My background was in biophysics, Uh, but I'm also this healer. And I also follow my soul and walk this soul guided path. Mm-hmm. And I find a lot of value to having a foot in both of those worlds mm-hmm. and balancing them. And that's one of the things that I like about this book, Wishcraft, uh-huh. is it it encourages you to follow your soul signature, those urges, those wishes that you have. Yep. Uh, but it also gives you a good structure to do it with. Yeah. And so it, it keeps that monkey mind busy <laughs> <laughs> while you're, you know, aligning with what it is you want to do. 
Well, and I really like it too that, you know, she says, don't wait, don't get the PhD, don't get the highfalutin degrees, don't wait for a lot of money. Yeah, don't wait for all that to happen. You start now. Yeah. And if you want that, I mean, do it at the same time, right? (laughs) But it doesn't have to be a barrier. Right. And what, and also one of the things that I like, she says, you know, nothing changes you quite like getting what you want. So when you do get what you want in that first goal setting thing, maybe you do something else and you run right through those exercises all over again. And like you said, if you're a scanner, you'll find something else that makes your heart <laughs> you sink. Will, you will find another rabbit hole to go down. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, I, but I think, there's a reason that you want to go down that rabbit hole. So I would not resist going down that rabbit hole. It's important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but don't beat yourself up because you're not like a deep diver either. <laughs> sure. We need all kinds of different everything. People of all sorts, all stripes. Yeah. Well, and I, back to the, the whole like Elon Musk, SpaceX sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when you want to get into a new field or a new whatever it is, you can use skills you already have to go in there. Yes. It might not be your ideal dream job, but like when I was in science, for example, uh, we had jobs for people who would just help us clean the stuff up. So it's ready to go for the next day. It doesn't have to be a fancy job. There are humble jobs available as well that get you closer to the people who are doing what you want to do, which then gives you a vantage point into what some of the other possibilities are that you've had no idea even existed. Or even collaborations like she talks about if you want a yacht, well, find or start a club of people that can put in a small amount of money and buy a yacht together and trade off when they take it out. That kind yeah. of thing. I mean, there are other people that have a similar desire that you do. It's it's a matter of finding them and working with them. And now it's so easy with the internet and like Facebook pages and, and oh, the groups yeah. you can do. so much easier to find like-minded people. <laughs> In pretty much anything you can possibly think of. <laughs> Some weird little idea you have. No problem. There's at least 10 other people out there who want that too. <laughs> Absolutely. So what would be your words of wisdom to somebody who, who's just now used their pen and paper and, and written down this far out idea that they, they could only in their wildest dreams hope is a possibility? What, what are your next steps from that point to make that not just possibility, but actuality? Well, you know, we, we're certainly in a position doing what I do, and, and it's and we call it Everyday Spacer. We show regular folks how to personally and directly participate in space exploration, science, and astronomy. You, if you want to reach out to me, I am always open and happy to help, uh, you know, to take you where you are now to wherever you want to go, and I'm heading for the stars, so... <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot down. <laughs> there's a lot of points along that path, and you know, I mean, e- even when people ask me, "Well, what can, can, how can I help you?" I'm like, "Well, okay, share this thing. F- you know, come and watch my show on Friday nights. Come and, you know, I have a whole book full of things that you can do, and and they really are as simple as sitting at the computer looking up at beautiful, incredible pictures on Astronomy Picture of the Day, all the way up to sending something to space for free. That's chapter 15. <laughs> all right. Awesome. I mean, <laughs> so how, what's the title of the Itty Bitty book again? So it is called Your Amazing Itty Bitty Explore Space Now book, 15 Simple Ways to Personally and Directly Participate in Space Exploration Right Now. And I actually have two additional ones per chapter. So there's like 45 ideas in there. So Nice. Yeah. We're you got to be able to for- find something in that list. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. And of course, there's ways to get back in touch with me. Um, Everyday Spacer, I'm, I'm everywhere. Everyday Spacer, it was kind of a funny placeholder and then took on a life of its own. I thought I was going to totally change that name, but... <laughs> Here it, we are. It seems to be the name. <laughs> it's working out. And and what I really love about it too, um, uh, Zofia Renea, is we're attracting women in equal numbers. Uh, to, they're equal or slightly higher than men. We're, we're like 50, 51% women, men. 
awesome. And that's so, that's the way it should be. <laughs> it's terrific. And and you're, you're absolutely right. I think it's the way it should be. So I feel like the everyday spacer idea is is non-threatening because that was that's one of the problems with for women in in fields like aerospace. There are pretty much, you know, 75 percent or more men and that can be very intimidating especially yeah. if they're not very nice men so and, I, and some of them are not very nice men i no. i as i mentioned i was in science and yeah it would be two two girls and 10 guys and or just guys one of couldn't me. understand why we didn't feel accepted <laughs> yeah and but there's some also extremely wonderful men in yes. in all the all the fields and it's it's a matter of finding them so yeah absolutely yeah. and and fostering that and i think just the increasing presence of women begins to shift things all by itself yeah and that's what's that's one of the most exciting things for me i was i was actually you know running running meetups and and charting who's women and men and which groups and and it was very close sometimes slightly over you know slightly more women in fact so i was super excited about that because i saw it nowhere else and i'm like okay this is cool <laughs> we're doing something right we're doing something yes exactly exactly so Let's see, we've got ooh, 60 seconds. Um, if you were to share some words of wisdom, what, what would be your final words of wisdom? Finding what you are, who you are, and letting that drive you. I'm continually driven by this you know, understanding of who I am and what I'm meant to be doing, and there's nothing quite like it. You know, I... I have taken lots and lots of training and I'm really, really happy. I've discovered this so early and for so long, I've known who I am, what I want to do and, and, and trying to get it, trying to continually going after that to, to really be, you know, who I'm meant to be more and more, more get, you know, more focused in on who, I'm, who I'm supposed to be. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us and sharing your journey of discovering who you were and, and My pleasure. bringing it fully into your life. Uh, and I, I guess what I would share with the audience before we wrap up is follow those soul crumbs when they show up, that little thought of, oh, I need to whatever it is. I need more theater in my life. I need more aerospace uh, exploration in my life. Whatever it is, follow that. And if you're not sure how to get there, you need a structure to help you figure out how to get there. I would definitely invest the $15 in wish craft. Mm -hmm. um, or get at the library even. That's Yeah, uh, get it. It's free at the library. Bring your card. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and if you don't have a card, they'll show you how to get one. Yep. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today. And until next week, go out and live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week, right here 